0: Assalamu alaikum, welcome to episode 36 of The Millionaire Muslim. If you've not tuned in before, this is a podcast by uh, myself, Mohsin, and my partner Ibrahim, and we run IslamicFinanceGuru.com, so if you've never heard of it or been on it, then do check it out. And today we're going to be talking about a government scheme, a UK government scheme, I should add, that returns 25% a year. A pretty phenomenal return by any stretch of the imagination so stay tuned for details of that but before we dive into it just some quick news from the IFG side so firstly we launched our new look website this week so if you've not seen that and you are a regular um, visitor then go on the website as usual islamicfinanceguru.com and you will be greeted by a completely new fresh look it was, the old website was, was starting to get a little bit strained and uh, we thought it was time for a new look and in the true spirit of keeping things fresh and, and, and clean and all that good stuff, we had the uh, website revamped. So I hope you enjoy it. If you go go and have a look, have a have a play around through the various pages of the website and do get in touch with us if you've got any comments or feedback or suggestions. Mossin at Islamicfinanceguru.com, Ibrahim at Islamic dot com. The other bit of good news is that our flagship course, Halal Investing for Busy Professionals, will be launching this Saturday, the fifteenth of June. So if you've not heard of that or you're not enrolled yet on it, it's a course which does pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. It's designed for busy professionals who are not really kind of interested in becoming whizzes overnight, but they do want to start putting their money into uh, some good investments and they want to start putting their money to work, basically, but they don't really know where to start. We help with all of that. We've curated a bunch of really good, interesting uh, Islamic investment options And the course will run through all of them and have you invested in, in an afternoon, provided that you are willing to put your thinking hat on for a little bit and actually go away and take action based on what we have taught you. And the third bit of news, well, it's not news, I suppose, but as you know, we have launched a wills service. So if you've got, if you've not got a will, I should say, if you've not got a will, and it's one of those things that you keep meaning to do, but you never get around to doing, then our system basically allows you to sort your will out within 30 minutes from your sofa, and you've not really got an excuse, so wills.islamicfinanceguru.com for that, so it's wills.islamicfinanceguru.com and it's a 30 minute process, really straightforward, and if you, like I say, if you've not sorted your will out yet, and you want to, then definitely go ahead and visit that. So, moving on to today's episode. And this is all about a government scheme. It's called Help to Save. And I did an article on this back in March, I believe it was, which has had some good responses, has some good views, and I thought that I should do a podcast on it because I haven't really publicised it on this platform. This is a government scheme, really, that's designed to help uh, I suppose low-income families, but I'll, I'll go on to that in a second, designed to help them to save. And the premise is that you save a maximum of £50 pounds a month. so You can't go ploughing all your money into this. It's a maximum of £50 pounds a month. But what they do is, on your £50 pounds a month, every two years they pay you a 50% bonus. So annualised, that's a 25% return. So let's run some quick numbers on that if you did the very very maximum so 50 pounds a month you could pop you could automate it by doing a direct debit into the relevant account 50 pounds a month is 600 pounds a year so over two years you would have 1200 pounds and the government pay you a 50 percent bonus on that so on your 1200 pounds you would get 600 pounds deposited by the government as a bonus. So your £1,200 saving has brought you £1,800, which, as I say, is a 50% return or a 25% return if you annualize it. And you can save for a maximum of four years. There is a maximum on this, so you can't just keep doing this forever and ever. But it's a very, very neat little trick or neat little uh, scheme that not that many people know about. So I thought that it would be a really good idea to do this on a podcast just so that you guys can be aware of it. So over the four years, of course, you would, from your own money, have saved a maximum of £2,400 and you would get 50% bonus on that. So £1,200 is a bonus. So over the four years, your £2,400 has brought you back £3,600. And the other neat thing about this is that if provided that you're eligible for it, if you are eligible, it's it's likely but not definitely the case, that your your wife or your husband is also eligible. So you could do it so that both of you apply for the account, both of you put in fifty pounds a month. So you essentially you're putting in a hundred pounds a month into this scheme, which means that over the four years you'd have saved in cash four thousand eight hundred pounds and you'll get a 50% bonus on that 2400 pounds so your total amount saved would be 7200 based on only 4800 cash going in which let's put that into some context you know a good property investment will yield you something like between 5 and 8% if you've had a good year in the stock market you'll be getting around 10 11% so to be returning 25% per year is a pretty astonishing feat. So there's no doubt that the economics of it are absolutely fantastic. So there's two things that we need to discuss. One is the eligibility, you know, how are you actually eligible for this? And the other knotty point is going to be on the ficky side because there is an argument here that is this simply a kind of riba based transaction where you're getting money for your money. So we'll take each of those in turn. So eligibility, strictly speaking, the eligibility criteria are relatively straightforward. So what the government website says, and you can check this all out yourself, by the way, if you just Google help to save, you will come up with the government link for this and you can do all of the reading yourself. But just to summarise briefly, the three criteria for eligibility are you have to be someone that is either receiving working tax credit, you're entitled to working tax credit and receiving child tax credit, or you're claiming universal credit and your household earned £542.88, very precise, or more from paid work in your last monthly assessment period. Now, from what I've heard anecdotally, I mean, you might know offhand, based on those three things that you're eligible or not. What I've heard anecdotally, though, is that if you simply go on the Help to Save website, there will be a link for you to check whether you're eligible. And that leads you to a login for your government gateway account, which, by the way, if you've not set one of those up already, you should definitely set one up. It's linked to your national insurance number, so the government kind of pulls all the relevant information that it needs to pull. But you can do some pretty nifty stuff on there generally. Like you can check out your forecasted state pension. You can check your national insurance contributions to see if there are any gaps. And you can do a bunch of other stuff on there other than uh, what we're talking about here. But if you go to the link that is within the Help to Save documentation online, they've got a very, very simple thing that's linked to your national insurance number that basically tells you in an instant whether you're eligible or not. Now, as I say, what I've heard anecdotally is that there were people who didn't necessarily fill the criteria, but for some weird or wonderful reason, I'm not exactly sure why, maybe they were eligible for it in the past, or I'm not exactly sure why this is the case, but I, I've heard that some people go on the link and it tells them that they're eligible and that they can they can apply pretty much there and then and the process is a very straightforward one it's all done online you simply click to open up your account you put in your all your relevant details and then there are various bits of information there that will allow you to do the the whole automation element so you'll have the relevant bank account details for you to give to your bank and set up a standing order of 50 quid a month or whatever it is that you want to do to start saving into that account. So it's a very simple process. So even if you think you're not eligible, it's definitely worth checking out, because even though it might be a small element of your capital, even getting a 25% return on that small element can boost your overall returns for the year. If you think about the whole, your whole capital as a portfolio, even having a little bit of it as 25% a year is going to boost the lot. So definitely check that out, even if you think you're not eligible. And if you think you're eligible, then 100% check it out, provided that you've got the money to be saving, because it's a really, really great incentive to save. And as I say, 25% a year is not something that you're going to get in the vast majority of other investments, and certainly not anything as safe as this, so definitely give that a check. So turning to the question that's probably on your mind, is this even halal? Because we traditionally understand that you know you can't get money for money, and that's riba, and riba is haram, and so on and so forth. And that is a correct analysis, but our in-house position on this is to look at this for what it is exactly. And what it is essentially is a gift from the government because you have to understand that the whole reasoning behind setting something like this up is not so that the government can enter into a riba based transaction. It's designed to do what it says on the tin, which is to help people to save money. And there are very specific criteria that you need to fulfil. And there is a clear policy reason why the government needs to be seen to be encouraging this sort of behaviour. The return isn't pegged in any way to interest rates. It really is best viewed as a gift from the government, from a fitty perspective. Now if you have a look at the article, because we have got a written article on this on the website, there was a really interesting comment from somebody called Rashid. And Rashid linked us to a fatwa from Al-Qalam that basically said that this scheme was, uh, was, was not halal. And some of the reasoning of that fatwa we'll, we'll go into because it's quite helpful. But, there, I mean, there's a full response that I've, that I've given on the actual comment. But broadly speaking, the, the fatwa from Al-Qalam talks about the fact that this scheme, if you look at the documentation, it's administered by uh, NSNI, which is uh, the National Savings and Insurance Bank, which is a kind of government arm or government branch, if you like, and they are the. the the bank or the entity that's responsible for things like premium bonds which you've heard of and they do a bunch of other riba based products now premium bonds in our estimation are not halal nor are pretty much any of the other products that are administered by NSNI however our in-house position is that the fact that it's administered by NSNI is neither really here nor there because the fact is that the, the only reason that it's set up and administered through NSNI is because of the fact that that is the only realistic, practical, administrative way for the government to do this. I mean, let's think about the alternative. The alternative would be that you deposit money into your account. So, so let's take let's take me an ex- as an example. I've got a Lloyd's Islamic current account, which unfortunately they don't offer anymore. But anyway, I've got a Lloyd's Islamic current account let's say I was depositing my £50 a month into there, I would basically have to prove to the government that I was doing that so that they could pay me my bonus at the end of the two years. Practically, that would mean that I would have to send in a monthly bank statement to the government every month to prove what I've put in. They would have to check it. They'd have to work out what bonus I'm eligible for because some months I might not have put the money in, some months I might have put 20 quid in, some months I might have put £34.21 in it's a whole practically you know, administrative nightmare for them to do it that way, for you to prove and for them to check that you've actually deposited the money that you have said that you've deposited. So practically speaking, the only way that they can do this is if it's through their own systems essentially and through something that they can check on, on the back end fairly seamlessly. So it seems to me that that's the reason that it that is administered by NSNI and definitely you know, Ibrahim's had a close look at this and that's his opinion on on this whole thing. So that's the first concern addressed in terms of you know why is it administered by NSNI, which is a kind of ribar centric bank. The other I suppose counter argument in in the in the fatwa is that the the transaction essentially mirrors uh, a riba transaction, which is that you are loaning money by depositing your 50 quid a month or whatever it is. You're loaning money to the government through the NSNI bank, and in return for that, the government is paying you a return which is this 50% every two years, and therefore that constitutes a uh, because you're getting a return on your money. But again, there is something slightly more nuanced here than that, which is to say that this can't really practically mirror a riba transaction where you're loaning somebody money and getting a return. Because if we think in actual real world terms right now, the government has far, far cheaper... More readily accessible, more voluminous scale to get money than through asking people, members of the public who are on the kind of lower end of the spectrum from an affluence perspective, to deposit money 50 pounds a month. That doesn't seem like the best or the most efficient way of borrowing money. The government has much, much better access to money than that and this essentially should be viewed for exactly what it is which is an incentive to help people to save this does not mirror a uh, riba based transaction although you know that's not to dismiss the argument completely it's a valid argument but i think that if you if you look through the kind of what's on the surface and actually understand this for what it is it can't be that the government is willing to pay 50% on some kind of loan that doesn't really seem to be what's happening here. And the third argument really against the help to save scheme from a Fikhi perspective is that once you deposit this money, that money is then used by NSNI and routed through whatever government organisations to be funneled into haram activity. And I think this point is is dealt with much more simply just thinking about it in in real terms, if, if we did take that as the yardstick for where we can or cannot put money, then it would be extremely impractical for us to do pretty much anything. You know, we couldn't go down to the shops to buy bread or whatever, just in case the owner of that shop is then fueling his gambling habit through that. So I don't think we can be responsible for that. And the counter argument within that argument is to say that yeah, but this is different because you're not just fueling haram, but you're returning something back for it. Well, that has already been addressed by the fact that we don't think that this is uh, a true riba-based transaction, as we've discussed. So those are our thoughts in-house. Ibrahim has looked at it quite closely, as I mentioned, and he's the man with the relevant expertise to be able to see through all of that and and come up with that conclusion. So in summary, then, you've got a a scheme, which is a government scheme that returns 25% a year annualised. It's a great little product, a great little scheme, and you can only limit yourself to 50 pounds a month maximum for a maximum of four years but that being said it's still a very very handy sum of money relative to what you could be earning elsewhere so definitely check that out and if you are interested in this, then it's likely that you'll also be interested in our Halal Investing for Busy Professionals course, which, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're launching this Saturday, inshallah. So you can go on islamicfinanceguru.com forward slash courses and you will find the tile for Halal Investing for Busy Professionals, and you can enroll from there, inshallah. So that is the end of the episode, and if you guys have got any questions, and please just do get in touch with us, Mossin at islamicfinanceguru.com, Ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. We always love hearing from you guys and fielding your questions, your comments, and so on, so definitely get in touch, and if there's stuff that you'd like us to cover in this podcast, then do let us know as well, or, or whether it's on, through a written article or whatever it is, just get in touch with us. We, we do pick these emails up in our personal inboxes, even if we can't respond immediately. We do read them, we do consider them and we'll always think about them. So please do get in touch with us and I will see you in the next episode. as Alaikum.